In this week's episode, I'm joined by Karen Wilkins-Mickey, VP of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at the Seattle Seahawks. This week, our conversation is about Lego Braille Bricks, retailers driving revenue for Black-owned businesses, the Seattle Seahawks' Ben's Room, and more. Hey there, my name is Bernadette Smith. Welcome to Five Things in 15 Minutes, my weekly show where I bring good vibes to DEI. That is good vibes to diversity, equity, and inclusion with a little dash of corporate social responsibility. What I've found is that there are lots of news stories about what's going wrong in the world and lots of negative data, but there are also a lot of things going right. That's what I like to focus on. I search for DEI stories that we can be inspired by and learn from. My hope is to inspire you to experiment with some of these inclusive actions and policies within your own organization to help you build a more inclusive world. Let's get started. Karen, will you please introduce yourself? Yes. So I am Karen Wilkins-Mickey, pronouns she, her. I am so honored to be one of the teammates of the Seattle Seahawks, Go Hawks. I'm the Vice President of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. So excited to be here and be part of your 15 minutes. Thank you, Karen. You know, I we've known each other for a few years, and I love that you're getting to do this amazing work with the Seattle Seahawks. I mean, we're seeing so much regression in the DEI space now, you know, with a affirmative action being overturned by the Supreme Court, budgets being cut, but it seems like things are really working out really well for you with the Seahawks and and that you continue to be a leader in the NFL. Can you talk a little bit about some of the work that's really giving you hope? Yeah, I mean, there's so much, right? I mean, I think that in the sports world, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of visibility to how sports can do positive for this world. We have the platform, right? And so, you know, I this fact that the NFL has put so much into diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I mean, I think as of the beginning of October, every sports club will have a diversity, equity, and inclusion department, which is amazing. It just shows the importance of it. But I also think that, you know, I always look at the opportunity of where we are to leverage that platform to do something great. And since I'm obviously in diversity, equity, and inclusion, I leverage that platform for that. And so, you know, we have, you know, everyone is tuning in to sports. Everyone is tuning into football, whether it's football, basketball, it doesn't matter, whatever you enjoy, right? Sport is what unites us. Sports is what brings us all together, you know, all people, everyone. And so that's why I think it's such a a positive um, platform to leverage. I mean, and one of the things that I've always said in the work that I've done and what connects me to organizations is you see, you know, a brand from the outside, And that's what attracts you to that brand. But you don't know what's going on the inside. And so the Seattle Seahawks has always had a very strong brand here in the Pacific Northwest, but not just that, worldwide. Anywhere you go, I will see a 12. I will see the uniform, the jersey be worn, a hat, something. It doesn't matter where I go. I see it and I count it because I work for them now. So I definitely pay attention no matter where I go. 
But that just shows you how important it is that we need to show up and show up in a way where we're not just putting words out there, but we're putting action behind it, you know? So I think that it's really important that not only you see our brand in that inclusive way, but internally, you know that inside we're doing the work to make sure the outside matches the inside, if that makes sense. I love it because it shows alignment, right? It's not just about what you say, it's about what you do, right? right. And, it's those and I, actions. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's really exciting. We're going to talk about one of those actions in just a minute when we get into this week's good vibes. Um, one of the things I wrote about in the newsletter this week was about, you know, the shifting roles in the DEI landscape and how there has been some backsliding, you know, for other diversity leaders within other companies who might not have the support that you have. Do you have any advice for them on how to keep up the momentum during this time? Wow. It's so interesting that you said that because I obviously I've noticed that, you know, I think there's fatigue around the topic. You know, a lot of people were like gung ho, you know, in 2020, like we got to do this. We need the world to be better. Like, let's go after it. And they've started to hire on and do all this work. But now I'm noticing, yeah, I'm noticing people my in my role be laid off or, you know, not having the same attention anymore or having the push again for the things that they want to do within the organizations. And I say, continue to show up and share why this work is so important for your organization. Because I think that sometimes people say, oh, you know, we have all this work to do and you're bringing in this diversity stuff. Like we got to hear this again. Oh, we're back at that again. It's like, you know what, make it fresh, exciting, stay relevant, and meet people where they are. You can't force this topic. It has to really be something that's embedded. We are, all know this. We, it has to be integrated in everything that we do. We all know that. We've heard that before. But how you do that is by really tiny steps to progress and focus on, you know, those wins. Like we do so much and sometimes it feels like we do so little, but we don't, we do so much. Look at what you've done and where you, how far you've come with this work. Continue to request having a seat at the table. I think in your last one with Jennifer, she talked about inside outside and, and whether you can be there, you know, put yourself on the inside. You can do that. Find those advocates that will help bring you in to have the conversations. You represent this work. Make sure you're doing that and not others. Because sometimes people will step in and take credit for that work or step in and say, well, let me tell you what Karen is doing. No, let Karen tell you what she's doing and 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 just kind of find those advocates if you're if you're so far removed that you can't just do that and you don't feel comfortable find those people who are are advocates of you who do sit at the table who say hey you know what let's have Karen come in and talk a little bit about what she's doing or he's doing around equity this week or you know just get yourself at that table when you get the opportunity but find the people that will help you do that i love that is Fantastic advice, Karen. So folks, rewatch that section, re-listen to it. I'll probably write about it in a future five things because it was really great advice. I love how you're challenging folks to get to become an insider that yourself right. um, with the help of advocates, of course. But you know what? We we can self-empower. That's right. We can. We, that's right. And if celebrating no the wins. Reason- 
That's right. Celebrate the wins. We we can get ourselves there. It doesn't have to be. It's so easy for us to say, oh, we're not at the table. We don't report to the there. But you do the work. You were hired for a reason. So do that work. Exactly. Exactly. Well, let's talk about some of that work as we get into this week's good vibes. Yes. The first story this week comes from the Seattle Seahawks, which just won Culture City's Sports Venue of the Year for Ben's Room, the sensory room at Lumen Field. So the room is named in honor of Ben Schneider, the son of the team's GM, general manager who has autism. It provides a calming environment for guests with sensory needs during games, has soundproof carpet along the floor and walls, activity panels, bean bags. Let's talk about this and the training that the staff had. Talk, talk, talk about this. It's awesome. I mean, it's really awesome. It gives me goosebumps. I'm actually, I literally have goosebumps. So my son has autism and it was interesting when I, you know, when I started to work here, I thought to myself, oh my gosh, I'm actually in a profession that my son may not be able to experience because of his sensory issues. And I thought to myself, that's sad. But then um, it's actually Tracy and John. John Schneider is our GM. Their son is Ben, who has autism. And Tracy Schneider in 2019 started the room, but she, you know, then we had COVID and all those wonderful things, but she started it. And so what I did in last year was work with Culture City, who installs these rooms all over to venues and arenas everywhere across the U.S. And they also do it for sports. Um, they work a lot with the NFL. And I said, you know, it'd be really great for us to like sort of revive the room, like give it a fresh look, you know, and rename it. And so we did that. And so we decided to call it Ben's Room in honor of Ben, who Tracy originally had the idea around, but also he's so talented. He's an artist and his artwork is in the room as well. It's absolutely beautiful. And it's such a peaceful, calming environment. And we are able to help so many within the stadium, enjoy the game by taking a time and concerts, any event in our venue, um, to be able to take a time out, a quiet time out, go into the room, reset, because sometimes people just need a reset. We are the loudest stadium. We have caused an earthquake before. That's how loud we are. And so imagine being in there, even if you don't have any issues with sensory it's still very overwhelming. So we have sensory kits that we give people that need them. Um, we have lanyards so people know it can identify that you know they have sensory. So so our guest services are aware. We had to train our staff. Um, we're actually going through another round of training, so it stays fresh. So every year you go through training, which is wonderful because we want to make sure our staff knows how to identify, but also how to assist someone that's in need. There are a lot of things that cause sensory, and it's not just someone that may have autism, but if you have PTSD and you're sitting in the flyover comes, like our light show, like there's so many things that can trigger a reaction and we want to have that place for somebody to go. And I'm so proud of it. And to be recognized as a sports venue of the year by Culture City is just phenomenal because they put these in all over and anyone could have gotten it, but our story did. So I'm really happy. And my son attended his very first game and he gave a thumbs up to the room. 
Awesome. Well, really you can see that picture on LinkedIn. I, I, um, I have goosebumps now as you were talking about it and, you know, thinking about folks with PTSD and sort of the, the differing, the different kinds of folks who might really benefit from this, because I think we've, we've learned that experiences and products designed for people with disabilities actually kind of improve the experience for all of us. So Let's move on to another story in that um, vein. Uh, Lego. Lego is launching the Lego Braille Bricks Play with Braille set consisting of 287 bricks with raised studs that correspond to Braille characters. So this is aimed at children six and up and is about helping those with vision disabilities learn to read Braille. So Lego worked with blind organizations worldwide to develop these bricks, initially offered to schools for free and now becoming commercially available. Isn't this genius? I love it. My son, that's he was a Lego builder, you know, so a lot of a lot of kids um, play with Legos. But, you know, especially with kids with learning disabilities, being able to put things together, you know, it's it's you know, it, there's so Lego is the best. I mean, for so many reasons, right? Lego is great for even team building. Like we have Lego self-care. We have Legos. We build Legos and we have a self-care mental health, mental wellness class at work where we bring Legos in to put them together. So I think it's beautiful that Lego is coming up with ways for all people to enjoy the experience of coming together to build Legos. It's just phenomenal. Exactly. Everyone should be able to play. Everyone should be able to play. There we go. Okay. Well, the next story, another sports story. We're having a sports week here. The Nebraska University of Nebraska set a historic record in women's sports as 92,003 spectators turned out to watch a volleyball match at Lincoln's Memorial Stadium. So it shattered the previous record for attendance at a women's sporting event marking a significant moment reflecting the popularity and growing interest in women's sports. I love it. We are here. Time. Right? It's about time. I mean, and I love that. Volleyball, basketball, March Madness was insane. I mean, bring it. So it's about time. That's what I say to that. And, you know, I think when we start showing up like this, the equity is going to follow. It's going to follow. So because there's demand. Exactly. Wants it. So I 100% agree. Okay. Next story is from the state of Texas was just almost never on this show, but it has joined 23 other states in DC in eliminating sales tax on menstrual and gender based products commonly referred to as the pink tax. So the tax on essentials like period products, diapers, breastfeeding devices, baby bottles, and clothes for pregnant people is now eliminated. Finally. What? <laughs> yes. Cheers. Awesome. indeed. I mean, I, I, it's, I can't believe this is a thing, right? But some people really have to choose between buying period products and buying food. Exactly. Just that, when you put that, make that analogy, you know, I mean, that's really powerful. So, yes. So. Especially for folks who are from, you know, traditionally marginalized groups. That's right. It's just extra hard for them. So, Mm -hmm. shout out to Texas this week. Yes. Snaps. 
All right. <laughs> there we go. Last story this week is about the 15% pledge, which is a commitment made by many retailers. Well, I wouldn't say many, by a bunch of retailers to dedicate 15% of their shelf space to Black-owned brands. Very few have actually hit that uh, commitment. But what has happened is that there have been $14 billion in revenue driven to these Black-owned businesses, 625-plus of them, since 2020. So it's been a really big boost, even though we're not at that 15% yet. But you know what? This is taking action. This is where I see the commitments that companies have put towards Black and Brown communities back in 2020, and they're not giving up and they're following through on what they committed to. A lot of people put a lot of words and statements out there in 2020. This is one where I've noticed an uptick where people are saying, not only did I commit to it, but I am standing by that commitment with action. And three years later, look what's happening. It's amazing. And people are actually, you know, spending like it matters. And I think that's what's really important. We do the same, you know, we do the same thing. We make sure that we spend like it matters. I personally spend like it matters. I make sure that I give back to communities, marginalized communities, definitely. And But I think it's really important. That's one of those commitments that have legs and kudos to those companies that are doing it. Exactly. And this is an example of, of creating equity. So Kudos to Sephora, Ulta Beauty, Gap, Nordstrom, Macy's, and the other folks who have signed on to the 15% pledge. And it's not too late. And if you have smaller companies, you can do your own version of this. That's right. In, in being mindful of the vendors that you're hiring, the suppliers that you're using. So any size organization can adapt this Absolutely. for their work. Okay, Karen, it has been an absolute delight having you on the show this week. Thank you so much for joining me. How can folks keep in touch with you? Well, I'm on LinkedIn, so please make sure to connect with me on LinkedIn because I respond to everybody who reaches out to me. Um, I love connecting. I love networking. I love sharing. And I love to learn, too. So please, you know, we this in this work, we have to stay relevant. That's what I said. Stay relevant. Be relevant. So if I can share some nuggets of wisdom and you can share some back, then it's going to make us greater. But I am honored that you asked me to be part of this, Bernadette, because I follow it. And so thank you so much. But yes, please connect with me on LinkedIn. Thank you, Karen. It's it's great. great to have you. Uh, and check out Karen on LinkedIn because you can see a cute picture of her son in Ben's room. So definitely check that out. And this week's call to action is a uh, shout out to Living Corporate, which is a black owned digital media network that centers and amplifies black and brown folks at work. So check out livingcorporate.com for some podcasts, great articles, other resources there on your DEI journey. Folks who don't already get the Five Things newsletter, you can subscribe at fivethingsdei.com. Karen, thank you so much. Again, have a great week. Thanks, Bernadette. Thank you for listening to Five Things in 15 Minutes. I hope you found yourself inspired by at least one of this week's stories. If you did, would you mind sharing it with a colleague and leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting platform? And if you don't already get my Five Things newsletter, join at fivethingsdei.com. I'm Bernadette Smith, and I'll see you next week right here for Five Things in 15 Minutes, bringing good vibes 
to DEI. 